More off to the Island Wood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group, where Jane Pickett uh, joins me. Good afternoon to you, Jane. Good afternoon, Patricia. And you're very welcome. Let me get straight into questions. This is a kind of one that's appropriate for the fine weather we've been having. Hi, could you please ask Jane, what is the best solution for dogs for sunburn, especially their nose? I've noticed my dog's nose is dry and pink around it. I'm thinking it might be a bit sunburned. Okay, so yeah, it is very timely. We're experiencing a great spell of fine weather and it seems set to stay with us for a few more days, but it can be troublesome for our pets. I think really the best way to manage sunburn is is to prevent it, ideally. Um, So I suppose there are a number of sunscreens, pet safe ones available. Now, it is really important to note that some sunscreens that humans that are made for us essentially can be toxic if they're licked. So they're not the best thing to do. So it's it's usually best to speak to your vet or your local pet shop about a sun safe sunscreen or a pet safe sunscreen um, that if they do happen to lick it and ingest it, it's not toxic to them. So I suppose prevention is better than cure. So if it's happened once, think about you know, uh, arming yourself with some sunscreen for the next sunny day. But dealing with the issue that you have now really usually is kind of symptomatic care, really just making sure that the area is, I suppose, kept moist. So sometimes uh, you can get little kind of wound care sprays that are good for kind of sunburn. So have a chat to your vet. They may be able to kind of prescribe you one um, or have one that they can sell you. But otherwise, maybe a little tiny film of pseudocream. But I think it really does depend on where the lesion is on your pet's nose. If it's at a point at which they could lick the pseudocream off, I wouldn't advise putting it on. But if it's really up on the bridge of the nose where they wouldn't be able to lick it off, then a very, very light covering of pseudocream just to soothe the area can sometimes be helpful. But what I will say is that although sunburn is a really common cause, a kind of pink and dry flaky skin, on kind of the extremities, so the ears and the nose this time of year, there are actually a lot of other things that can cause similar signs. So sometimes there can actually just be primary skin conditions that wouldn't have anything to do with the sun that can manifest similarly. Sometimes there can even be stranger things like um, autoimmune conditions that can kind of lead to, to crusting and pinkness around around the margins of where the nose is as well. So I suppose what I would say is if it's been associated with a very sunny day and you've noticed kind of some sunburn signs, it may well be that. But if it's not settling or if it's beginning to get any work I would really advise visiting your vet just to make sure it's not something else that your pet might need help with. And the one thing about sunburn in in cats and and dogs I mean it's similar to humans it can lead to um, skin cancer I had a cat that um, the top of one of his ears had to be taken off uh, because mm-hmm. of skin cancer and then because uh, I was unaware it was a white cat unaware of the ears getting sunburned now we religiously then put sun cream on the other mm-hmm. one but the, the tip had to be taken off Absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm really sorry to hear that. It is a, a really hard thing, certainly very similar to us. It can lead to cancerous change. So the most common thing is a cancer called squamous cell carcinoma. And that's really by far and away most common on the tips of cat's ears, very much like that. And usually in the light or white coloured cats where they don't have enough melanin pigment in their skin to have a little bit of protection. So we'd always advise, you know, a pet safe sunscreen, particularly mm. on the tips of the ears or the, the main area. But don't forget the dogs, the light coloured dogs can have issues too. So it is best to prevent it and offer lots of shade as well, just so they're not kind of outside basking for extended periods. Um, Which cats love and cats love to do that. 
and and they absolutely do and i think that's the thing it's very much like ourselves although sun cream is really really helpful the, the advice is still to make sure that we're shaded during the kind of peak hours of the day yeah. from 12 to 3 okay. so same goes for the pets michael says hi uh, we gave our golden retriever a bit of a wash yesterday dog shampoo and hosed him down in the garden we noticed afterwards he's got very dry skin under his coat of hair what could be causing that and is there anything you could suggest using okay so it could be i suppose after washing and uh, we're kind of stripping the oils away from the skin sometimes they can seem a little bit kind of dry and crusty and um, it may be that you might need a more moisturizing shampoo next time but if there is quite a lot of scale and scarf there that would point to maybe an underlying skin issue so sometimes they can have problems with their skin barrier where it doesn't kind of exfoliate normally and it can actually signal some of the you know be a representative sign of some other issues deeper within the skin that might be causing itching or discomfort so it is worth if it's not settling for your pet and let's say a moisturizing shampoo doesn't help it is worth bringing it up with your vet because it can be kind of a warning sign for other skin barrier issues allergies for example itchiness um, so it is definitely worth digging into some of the shampoos that i suppose are good i suppose a word on shampoos i would never really recommend using human shampoo for dogs um, the pH of their skin is actually quite different to us. So we're stripping a little bit too much of the oils out of the skin if we use a human shampoo, but also we're changing the acidity of the skin um, balance. So that kind of messes up the bacterial flora and the pH that they like to live in. So using a pet shampoo is really, really important not to strip too much of that away and to keep the pH normal. But also within pet shampoos, there's lots of different ones. So some of them are soothing, some of them are, you know, for really dirty beasties. But then there are some that are moisturizing and generally they'd have oatmeal based ingredients, oat or oat milk based ingredients. And they tend to be the ones that I would I would say would be a good shout in this kind of situation. If you're struggling to pick one and there are an absolute plethora of pet shampoos on the market, have a chat to your local vet and vet nurse because they may well have some in stock themselves. But if not, they'll be able to guide you to ones that they'd recommend that they know are available in the local area. And also they may just be able to discuss in a little bit more detail the issue with your dog skin with you. Somebody says, would you ever use a dog shampoo on your own hair? Jane. Uh, the reason she asks, this listener asks, is do you remember her sister one day by mistake visiting somebody else's house and there was do- there was shampoo she thought was normal shampoo inside in somebody's jar and turned out to be dog shampoo. She didn't have any reaction, but she's just wondering, is it very bad to use a dog shampoo on a human? Yeah. Well, look, I, I must admit, <laughs> I've had to on a few occasions. Oh, there you, you know, go. Such, such, yeah. Needs such, must. Such the joys of, of being a vet. Sometimes you get very mucky inside in the clinic and, you know, emergency <laughs> measures required. Um, so I have done it <laughs> what I will say is I, I probably wouldn't recommend it long term the same advice goes for dogs and, and humans although I'm you know I'm not medical I would assume from a scientific background that let's say having a pH that was different in the shampoo would be also let's say if we used a dog shampoo that was suited to their skin their bacterial flora their pH it probably wouldn't suit a human too well I would expect now this is this sounds like a kind of a funny question, but it's not. It is it is completely um, a serious question. A listener says, "I got a cocker spaniel who has absolutely no interest in female dogs. Constantly tries to hump male dogs. Is it possible that a male dog can be gay? Has Jane ever heard of that?" I have. It's a very interesting area of behavioural medicine. Um, I I suppose there's always a huge amount of natural variation. We know that throughout the species, um, be they dogs, cats, domesticated species, those that are out in the wild and wildlife, some of them do seem to have different preferences and certainly seem to engage in slightly different behaviours sometimes. So 
it's difficult to say. We'd always love to just be able to ask them a question and them to have a voice and for it to be able to give us an answer. So I'm afraid, unfortunately, I can't give you a straight answer no. on this one. But what I can say is it is it is definitely possible. Yeah, yeah. We had somebody yeah. who worked here as well and they were trying to breed a dog and just was not uh, yeah. interested. And a five-month-old puppy digging up flowers in the garden. Will he grow out of it? <laughs> Oh, I hope so for your sake. <laughs> it is really frustrating when they're starting to dig up your beautiful, beautiful garden. Um, a lot of the time they're just trying to investigate things. What I will say, though, is although sometimes it may be harmless and although it is quite annoying for you to have your garden dug up, sometimes it can actually be a bit of a dangerous thing. So particularly bulbs are the biggies. So when we all come around to planting our spring bulbs, when it gets to kind of later on in the year, they can actually be very dangerous if they get dug up and eaten by dogs and cats. They can be toxic and they can cause kidney failure so what I would suggest is it's really now a good time at this stage he may grow out of it to a degree but it's good to start discouraging the behavior now and the best way to discourage the behavior is to funnel that kind of instinct for digging and playing and exploring things with his nose and mouth into something safe so what I would suggest is other kind of dog safe toys things that you can maybe stuff with a little bit of food for them to kind of investigate in a similar way and I think really a good thing in this situation might be something called a snuffle mat so these are little mats with lots of pieces of fabric that are dog safe so they're safe to be around dogs but you can hide things inside in the snuffle mat the classic thing that people would do is hide little dog nuts in there or little treats and that may engage the same part of your your dog's brain that they're trying to fulfill by digging up things in the garden because they'll be able to dig at the snuffle mat and snuffle around with their nose in the same way that they might be trying to do with their flowers so try and redirect that natural behavior into something a little bit safer and also safer for your garden okay all right listen have a great week and we'll chat to you next thursday thank you for that you too. Thank Thanks you very for much joining us. That. that is uh, Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital, part of the Mill Street Veterinary uh, Group. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 